in all seriousness, who do you think has the best like uh you know, theme park changeover name. You got uh, what happens at Universal? They got Hall- Horror Nights. Halloween Horror Nights. Disneyland just calls it uh, Mickey's Oogie not- Boogie Party or Not So Scary Halloween Party. Is it the Oogie? Yeah, that's right. So kind of low. Uh, and then you get Not Scary Farms. That's the best one. Yeah, that is the best not one. Not Scary Farms is the best one. Yeah, right on, Knots. What would be really cool, though, is something. if Not Scary Farms was not scary. And so they called it Not Scary Farms. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. What's different about it? Nothing. Nothing. I can same. promise you it's not scary. Like if it was like uh, spooky, not scary, right? Yeah. Like if it was Halloween themed, yeah, but it's okay, not that's scary. Cool. So it's, it's like not the not so scary farm. Halloween party at right. Disneyland, but it's not scary. It's not scary farm. Yeah. But definitely that is I don't want to go. No, no, no. It's, it's not, not scary. scary. Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every Ladies day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. It's time to throw down, y'all. Have you thought about a visit to Disneyland during your vacation? It's a waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. Join the happy people of all ages. Yes, there's more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. The happiest country on earth. Welcome, foolish mortals, to Cobwebs and Phantoms, a podcast a creepy podcast about Disneyland, Star Wars, and all the other things the Disney company owns that we love. I can't keep this voice up for the next 90 minutes, so I'm going to change it. On this episode, we're talking about Disneyland and California in a crazy game of theme park chicken. Who will win? We'll find out. Also, we're talking about Hocus Pocus, the 1993 classic, and a review of the new Hocus Pocus game by Ravensburger. My name is Scott Storm, and with me is my brother on the mic, Aaron, Absolute Humidity Robbins. It's episode 29. It's Halloween time. Yeah, it is. And I can't figure out scary names for us. Yeah, we went through a lot. Abominable, awful, atrocious. Astronaut. Astronaut. Yeah, that's the most <laughs> scary. It's scary up in space because nobody can hear you. No one can hear you. Podcast. Podcast And all. I have to podcast or else I get very uh, depressed. Aaron so the sc- Afraid. Yep. No? Uh, Aaron the... Afterlife Aaron Robbins. Mm-hmm. How about that? No. No. Apparition Aaron Humidity Robbins. Okay, that's like a that's like a ghost. It's like a ghostly appearance. It's like a ghostly. You know what? Just scrap it. Scrap the whole thing? Aaron? Yeah. Welcome to episode 29. So we're not doing Aaron Absolute Putridity. Putridity. What's happening? Episode 29, the first of our Halloween episodes. Is that correct? It is the first of our Halloween episodes. What are we episodes? calling? Uh, we're calling the show uh, Cobwebs, Cobwebs and, and Phantoms. Phantoms, which is amazing. You came up with that like 11 minutes ago. Thank you. But what are we calling uh, the month of October? Are we calling it Shocktober? Are, are we? I don't know. We don't need a name for everything, probably. Rocktober? Can yeah. we call it Rocktober? We can call it Banthvember. There was something that I wanted to say Aww. about like our top of the show. Oh, I know what we're going to talk about. Yeah, what? Before we get into okay. news bites, yeah. before we yodel in the news, right. we've got to talk about what this month looks like oh my for gosh. cobwebs and waiting. phantoms. Yeah, I've been waiting to talk about it because we already have, we're, we're doing this episode now, we have one already recorded, we just got That's amazing right. stuff, and uh, so tell people what, what they have to look forward to. I would say we are building to a screaming crescendo, yeah. a, a blood-curdling crescendo, where we're talking about progressively spookier things. Yeah. During the month of October. Are we going to say what the, what those things are? I think we should. I think we should, because I really want to talk about the crescendo. Yeah, okay, so... I want to so, get people jazzed. So this week we're talking about Hocus Pocus. Yep, the board game, the movie. The obligatory Hocus Pocus episode. Yep. Every Disney podcast has to talk about Hocus Pocus at some point. Yeah. We're doing it. We're ripping the Band-Aid off. Good. I'm excited. Next week. Yep. Possibly even scarier, we're talking about Disneyland's 30th anniversary. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> it's our 30th episode. We got to do it. And there was a seminal... TV special that is rooted deep in my mind. Okay. And it's for Disneyland's 30th. We're going to talk about Disneyland's 30th anniversary, but we're also going to talk about, I think, just spooky things that happened at Disneyland sure. during Halloween. I'll give you 30 spooky things that happened at Disneyland. Week after that. Yep. Watcher in the Woods. Yay. Possibly the most Nick. terrifying, most terrifying Disney movie you will ever see. It's got a crazy history behind it. You're not going to find it anywhere. We're going to be talking about it. I watched it so much growing up. Keep going. And then we're talking about the legend of the Hatbox Ghost. Yep. With the man who helped put him back into the mansion, Disney Imagineer, 
Jeff Mouskowitz. Yeah, and that interview is uh, it is not scary. It is about the hot box ghost. There's some fun stuff in it, but I am I am giving you guys a guarantee right now. It is such a great interview. If you want to talk Disney, feel Disney, uh, get a little glimpse of what it's like to work for Disney, it's just such a good episode. There's so much like gold in it of just oh that was a Disney moment. Yep, that's something a Disney Imagineer would say. It's just amazing. I'm what so I, excited to share it. What I'm really excited is that if you take a look at all of our shows for October, because of course last week. We released Rolly Crump, and yeah. it was at the very beginning of October. So if you take a look at the beginning of October and the end of October, you talk about an original Imagineer and a current modern Imagineer, and yeah. there's just this awesome book ending. Yeah. And there is a through line between both of those gentlemen about how they view Disneyland and the respect and love that yeah. they have for it. And it's just- It's good. It's exciting. It's good, yeah, it co- good content. Right on. Let's yodel in that news. Oh, it's about time. Well, we're not yodeling in the news. Let's- uh, what's Cackle. Let's cackle in the news. All right, let's cackle in the news. <laughs> How's that for some cackle? That was good. That was a good. That was a good. A, a it's good. fun when you have to re uh, remake all the segments for just four episodes that's in October. Right. But that's how much we love our fans. Look at it this way, okay? You are banking for next year as well. That means you're going to stick around for a little while. I'm going to stick around for a long time. Good. Right an on. eternally long time. Ooh. Do you like that? Yeah. I'm going to haunt you in your dreams. Hey, let's drag this podcast into some news items. Hey, let's do that. All right. Where should we start? Uh, let's start with the new, the big news from last week because it, you know, just, it'll set up everything else. Okay. There's so some tough announcements last week. More or less. There's been a lot of news that's been happening over the past couple of weeks having to do with Disneyland. There's a lot to get into. Yeah. I think we should just summarize it more sure. or less yeah, this way. Yeah, let's do that. Disneyland has continually been asking the state of California to provide industry guidance for theme parks so that they can reopen. Yeah. Throughout this entire time, the state of California, led by Governor Gavin Newsom, has continually said it is coming shortly. Soon. Very soon. Impending. So soon, it's going to make your head spin. Yeah. And it hasn't come. And there have been times when... The Disney news train has believed it was going to come, and then it hasn't come. One of those times, Disneyland basically just said, hey, listen, Gavin Newsom, we need some industry guidance. We are ready to open. We have proved that we can do it in Florida. We can keep our people safe. Yeah. We really need to get this back up and running. Like all the things we have have opened success. We have restaurants. We have salons. Those things have all have guidance. We can do this. Just tell us what additional things you need to do for boat rides and we can do those yeah, things. Yeah. By the way, if you need some suggestions, we've already done them in Florida. We can provide you some shortcuts, yeah. some cliff notes. We really did it on a big scale. We're asking you to do what we did in Florida, but smaller. Like a smaller scale. <laughs> yeah. Like if you currently, Gavin Newsom, are struggling to understand how a 1930s jungle exploration boat should be equipped to withstand 2020 coronavirus. Yeah. We can give you that answer. because yeah, we did it. We've done the work. In fact, we're the only ones that can give you the answer, and we've already done it successfully. So how about you just use the stuff that we've done and you just adopt it? Yeah. California said no. And so then Disneyland basically said, okay, if you don't give us guidance, we're going to have to lay off 28,000 people between Disney Parks, Consumer Products, and I think it's Adventures. Yeah. Their, their tourism. Significant number Significant. of people. Now, that 28,000 isn't just in Disneyland. But it is a lot of people. There yeah. is a lot of it people is. that it's are being affected. It's the population affected. of Chowchilla. Where is Chowchilla? You know, central Central California. I'm joking. I don't. I think the population of Chowchilla is 11. Just joking, Chowchilla. Love our Chowchilla love, listeners. Love Chowchilla. Chow love. <laughs> You're just like a branding machine. You can't turn it off. So specifically, that number translates to about almost close to 3,000 layoffs in Disneyland alone. Okay? Wow, really? Not insignificant in yeah. any way. California continued to drag their feet. And then Bob Iger, who served on California's economic recovery team, basically said, I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore. So Bob Iger leaves Gavin Newsom's economic recovery team in protest. Right. Wow. Gavin Newsom basically goes, go on. I didn't need you anyway. Yeah. What have you done? Pixar, Marvel. I don't care. I never wanted you on this team anyway. Uh, and more or less is what happens. Yeah. Who was that guy that just quit? Oh, uh, that was Bob Iger. Oh, have you heard of Bob Iger? Oh, the Disney guy. Oh, that Bob Iger. <laughs> yeah. He was on this team? That's amazing. He probably knows a lot of stuff. Oh my gosh. Fairly successful as Why far as I Why did he heard. leave? <laughs> yeah. 
Why didn't we get him a shirt or something? Right. I mean, he runs major, like a major media corporation and, and all sorts of very complicated businesses and movie studios. And we can television. really use things that he knows. Hmm. And he just left. And he just left. So Iger leaves in protest. Newsom says, that's fine. I never wanted you on this team anyways. And then he says, but don't worry. There's going to be stuff coming. We're just trying to figure out what kind of paper to put it on. Like, we were, first we were going with confetti paper. Seemed inappropriate. So we're going to put the guidance. I, we just haven't figured out yet. That's really what the holdup is. We're is, just trying to figure out what bond we want to yeah, use. Yeah, it's important. It's This is going to be heavy stuff. Yeah, so we, we were thinking like a 120, probably like a matte finish. So then last week, there was a belief that they were going to release guidance. Yeah. Apparently, the state had, or the yes, the state had put together guidance and theme parks basically said, nah, we're not doing that. That guidance was subsequently leaked and was picked up by the Orange County Register. For real. So there was guidance. There was guidance. Somebody reviewed it at theme parks and it was just crazy town. So here are some of the highlights. Oh, fantastic. Individual theme parks can reopen only once their county reaches the least restrictive minimal risk level. And that's pink stripes. Pink and polka dots. Okay. So for our non-California listeners... California has set up counties by color code. And as the county goes through the color code, they get less and less restrictive. Yeah. From purple to yellow. Purple's pretty restrictive. Yellow's less restrictive. Correct. Okay. There is no green. Okay. Just saying. Okay. (laughs) There's no green. It's kind of like shooting for a target you can't actually get. Yeah, it's you like play you, just for fun. You can get pretty you can't close win to a it. prize, but you want to play for just fun. It's like throwing darts with no bullseye. Right, right on. you can get really close, but the darts are costing like eight billion dollars. Yes, if you get perfect, it just goes through the board. You don't get any points. Right. Okay. So you have to get to yellow to open. You have to get to yellow to open. Once you get to yellow, theme parks are allowed to open open at twenty five percent capacity, and the visitors of that twenty percent must live within a 120-mile radius of oh, the theme park. fascinating. What a little curveball What there. a crazy curveball. Yeah. So I can't recall how far away we are from Disneyland, but Let's I'm pretty 430 sure. 430 miles. Pretty sure it's more than 120 miles. Yeah. So we could not go to Disneyland. I can go to Six Flags uh, Safari Mari. Discovery Mountain? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Discovery Kingdom? Yeah. Discovery Kingdom. I don't want to go to Discovery Kingdom. Yeah. Fascinating yes. little, little change there. So... Basically, those are the big the big takeaways from this draft. And the theme park industry said no. So then California took it off the table and said, fine, we're not fine. giving you industry guidance. And then Governor Newsom announced today, mere hours before we recorded this episode. Yeah. He says, we don't anticipate in the immediate term any of these larger parks opening until we see more stability in terms of the data. Huh. That was his quote today. We feel there is no hurry to put out guidelines and we continue to work with the industry, period. Right. No hurry in terms of, uh, you know, like the entire world's not going to explode. No hurry. No hurry in terms of real people are losing real jobs. A lot of those jobs happen to be dream jobs. A lot of people that use those yeah. that money from those jobs to put food on the table. Uh, to buy goods and services within the state of California. Right. Like, no hurry on that. I don't understand the, like, theme park, experiencing a theme park at the top of the sort of, that's what I have to do. I'm willing to risk life and limb. Maybe you and I feel that way. Sure. Most people don't. Right. Uh, no hurry in terms of, like, dude, that is a huge employer in your state. We happen to have a lot of theme parks. It's not just that one. There's the uh, it's not just Disney. Farm and Magic Kingdom. Right. It's Discovery. There's a lot of stuff going on in the state. That's a lot of jobs. It's a lot of jobs. And it's a lot of it's a lot of sub industries that are dependent on those jobs. Yeah. So I just don't understand the no hurry part. It seems insensitive at least. You know, I think we try pretty hard on this show to steer away from politics because it can get really gross. I love California. You know that. I I am a lover of California. And I'm okay with California. I love and support the state. However, to tell somebody who is hurting financially there's no hurry, I just don't think that's the word he meant. It feels so tone deaf. Yeah. It feels so tone deaf to basically say, hey, I understand that your job and your livelihood is at stake, but it is not as important as these other jobs and livelihoods. Yeah. And like, as you just said, we're not talking about just Disney as an employer. We're talking about Universal and we're talking about Cedar Fair, who who employs, yeah. I believe, Knots and all the Six Flags yeah. as well. These are, and SeaWorld, I believe, is also uh, in that of mix. Of course, yeah. So you have a lot of very big employers that are employing thousands of people 
And then, like you said, like all of the hotels that are around yeah. those areas, all the little restaurants, all of the IHOPs, like all of the Hojos, like all of those things that you expect to be around these theme parks. Right. Now, all of those employers are also impacted. This has far-reaching ripple effects. It really does. And for him to say, basically, after now weeks of theme parks, uh, of theme parks, pleading with the governor to say, please just release industry guidance so that we can do this, or at least l- allow us to open up some parts of it. Yeah. To have the response basically be, I'm not making, I'm not giving you any guarantee. I'm not, we're not going to open it up anytime soon. And I'm going to feel no pressure to open this up anytime soon. No do matter you what feel you feel like do. it's a little bit like, yeah, but you guys didn't like the last one. I told, I, I, I put one out there. I was like, you got to live within 10 feet. You can only go on Thursday. And if you're going right. to wear mouse ears, you got to wear, you got to get the color approved by me. Cause I don't want, I don't want, I don't want, you know? And then, and then they're and like, you can't no. buy ponchos. Yeah. And they're like, no. And then he was like, fine. Fine. Then you know what? No guidance. Yeah. <laughs> that is sort of what it feels like. It feels a little bit like I, I didn't read the stories, but when you're describing it, it sounds a little bit like that. Like the the timing is coincidental, especially since two weeks ago, the language was all very quickly. We're on it. It's We're working here. together. It's almost Could here. Could be today. We got it. Like, yes. It, it definitely feels like the tide has shifted. And before it felt like... Before it felt like theme parks and state of California were trying to work together to figure out how to do this, and now it suddenly has become very oppositional. I'm trying to like extrapolate it to a different industry, but even if he, even if it was like something that I don't care as much about, like we're not opening laser tag centers, like we have, we're going to wait. You don't <laughs> care about laser tag centers, not as much as theme parks, right? If they were like, uh, uh, really. <laughs> I mean, how often do you play laser tag? You're telling me that of all the other businesses that you could have picked to say, yeah. I don't care about this. I was trying you to chose something. a laser tag center? Let me try again. Roller skating rinks are not at the top of. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, man, I can't. Roller do... rinks are great. Mm hmm. They really are. How about a driving range? Can we agree on a driving range? Perfect example. There we Perfect go. Perfect example. If he had said, hey, we're not in a big hurry to get driving ranges open. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> You would still be like, well, that stinks for somebody who owns a driving range. Yeah, I mean, I understand a- that. That stinks. It does stink, but okay. I hear you. Those are like, you know. I don't those know are how- really like, how do you, how could you even open a driving range at this point? Yeah. Right? <laughs> I feel like it's pretty easy. Every other bay, we all hit in the same direction. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> no. We have no idea how to open up a driving range. I feel range. like all this stuff's pretty, pretty easy. It's like, I understand how distance works, right? Like. Yeah, but do you understand people will be playing next to each other? Oh, no, that part I missed. Okay. There's a lot of licking of clubs. Yeah. Uh, that's my. That's how I've always approached <laughs> the driving range. Yeah. All yes. right. Let's get uh, let's get through this news topic. What a what a what a bummer. I don't think I think you're right. I think you're right. I don't think we're seeing them opening in 2020. <laughs> that is uh it's a darn shame. And I will Should say Should we start a pool or something? Like a like I'm thinking May 2021. Oh my goodness. Are you serious? That's what I'm thinking. Oh heavens. May we open? May we open. Yeah. Let's keep talking about other news items. Hold on, before we get oh. off of this news item. You want to go back to the driving range? No, I never want to go to the driving okay. range. They're, they're COVID factories. <laughs> as far as you're concerned, all those white balls dropping into... The, the thing that I really want to stress in yeah. this is uh, we love Disneyland. Yeah. And we love theme parks. Yep. And we love the joy and the magic that those things uh, bring to not only the families that visit it, but also... I'm trying to figure out the right words to articulate here, but also just like the joy and magic that they bring to the cast members and the employees. Yeah. People work at these places, not only because their jobs, but because they love what they get to do there. Yeah. And I want to extend like our heartfelt sadness, condolences, like thoughts, wishes, and prayers for all of those cast members uh, that are going to be affected by these things. And the past six months have been hard enough. It's yeah. been hard enough for you to earn money, to pay your bills, to put food on the table for your families. And you have been holding out this hope that at some point the state was going to get to a point where it would allow you to go back to your job. Yeah. And now with this apparent stalemate between the theme park industry and the state of California, your livelihood is being affected directly. And I just, I mean, I think just Bob's and Banthas, like Aaron and I just want to say, like, we recognize that that's awful and we are sorry that you are going through that. Yeah, there's a man, if you're, I mean, 
Anaheim's a great city. I, I like Anaheim. It's got the convention center. It's got Disneyland. Those are kind of the heart. Those are sort of, uh, if Anaheim had a heart, those are some pretty major, yeah. uh, some artery ventricle thingies in a yeah. heart. The, some chambers. chambers. I would even say chambers. Yeah. Those are some chambers of heart. And, and there is magic in Disneyland. But when you walk home on Harbor Boulevard, there's some strip malls there. Everybody's on vacation. Yeah. Everybody's servicing the vacation. That is a vacation town. Most people are not there just they're like, oh, we just decided to vacation in Disneyland. We're not going to the convention center. We're not going to Disneyland. We're just kind of hanging out. We like these burritos. Yeah. <laughs> Most everybody <laughs> yes. there is on vacation. Everybody that works in those, uh, like the, you know, non 7 Eleven convenience stores, right. they're all Disney. The t shirt shops. Yeah, they're the, all yeah. Disneyland people. They're all supported by this thing that we all love. And to take just the park away, you're not just, you're taking the heart of the city away. Yeah. It's, it's just a weird thing. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm ready for some guidance and I'm ready for some more news. Let's talk about one of our favorite topics that we have not visited in a while. Oh, boy. People who try to make Disneyland in their backyards, in their hallways, in their pools sometimes. Yeah, your own private Disneyland. Your own private Disneyland. What do we got? There's a guy, lives in Fullerton. Nice. Pretty close. Pretty close to the park. Yeah. I don't know why he's building Disneyland. He's within 100 miles. Yeah, he can go. He can go. He can go anytime he wants. Right. He grew up in Fullerton or grew up in Orange County, said he he watched Disneyland get built. Uh, This is a guy by the name of... Steve Dobbs. Nice job, Steve Dobbs. Nice job, Steve Dobbs. He is also a teacher. He's a teacher at Cal Poly Pomona. Okay. And I I guess at Cal Poly Pomona, they have a themed entertainment association club known as TIA. Cool, yeah. They have a TIA club. And those kids basically just, they build attractions. And so he he has used his students- Can I go redo college? 100%. Can we go back? Let's get another degree. Why not? Another couple of degrees. I don't think my admissions counselor let me know all the choices that were available to me. Yeah, I did not realize that that theme park design was a college concentration. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, And so he's used his students to make thesis projects and things like that. And he has built, I would say, darn near close, a great Disneyland recreation in his backyard with a Matterhorn that actually is a working roller coaster. Yeah. He has, uh, he has, trains that go through his backyard mm-hmm. he built this for his grandkids and for him to experience he has a star wars ride yeah he has an it's a small world uh he has like a main street He's got a main street with a mickey cinema with steamboat willie playing in yeah it. of all the news stories these news stories were were two a week for when we first started bob's and, and they Bamba. were insufferable yeah and they were they were terrible it's like somebody recreates disneyland or at least one light of it they plugged in a light right. bulb disneyland's got light bulbs same thing somebody laser printed the covers of Disney VHS tapes yeah. and, and pasted them on their hallway. And so Disneyland's there. And they scared people by hiding in a closet. That's right. This guy, this this looks like what those news stories should have been about. This is yes. like a legitimate effort with a lot of construction, a lot of engineering, uh, and a ton of fun. Got My, a Millennium Falcon on there. The Millennium Falcon ride, let me just say, this is what he developed. Millennium Falcon ride is, is a the, dark ride that is a shooting gallery and lightsaber gallery. Wow. And so for the first part... Is the cockpit not on the wrong side of the Millennium Falcon, though? Oh, well, forget it. The cockpit's on the wrong side. (laughs) Oh, never mind. (laughs) Never mind. Steve Dobbs, what have you done? (laughs) What are you doing? What is wrong with you? Uh, No, but it's a a walkthrough slice-em-up? Yeah, it's a a shoot-em-up, slice-em-up. Nice. So you hit these targets, and if you hit the sequence, then lights happen and like sound effects happen, and then you can slice targets. When's he coming on the show? Next week. Nice. He's here right now. Great Ladies and gentlemen, job. Steve Dobbs. Good job. That is a worthy article. What a what a great effort. Tons of construction and engineering on that. Great job. Hey, we spent a lot of time talking about the drama of Disneyland, yeah. so we don't have any more news to share this week. Really? Unless you want to come up with something. No. All right. Then how about we take a quick break, and when yeah. we come back, we're going to be talking about Hocus Pocus, both the movie and the new board game. And now you're mine. <laughs> <laughs> you can stop things I do. I ain't lying. No! No! Don't look at Been 300 years, right down to the day. Now the witch is back, and there's hell to pay. I put a spell on you. Good joke. Happy Halloween. Thanks a lot. No, man, I'm serious. You gotta get happy. I'm not kidding. Hello, 
Let's talk about Hocus Pocus. Let's talk about Hocus Pocus. Okay, what Hocus Pocus 1993. Yep. You and I are not adults, but we are also not children anymore. Yeah, we're not in the target demographic. Yeah. Me. We're not parents and we're not kids. Nope. Uh, so I was aware of Hocus Pocus when it came out. Yeah. I want to say it came out at the same time as Nightmare Before Christmas, which sounds okay. crazy to yeah. me, which... We will probably do a show on Nightmare Before I Christmas so. at some point. We have to. It won't be yeah. this. It won't be this October. Yeah, you'll have to wait till next Halloween. You'll have to wait till next Halloween. But so this came out at the same time. What was your awareness of Hocus Pocus? <laughs> no awareness of uh, of Hocus Pocus. Not really into any of the actresses that are in there. Like that wouldn't be something I was following. So yeah, not not really any awareness of Hocus Pocus. Didn't see it in the theater. Didn't rent it when I went to uh, Mr. Time Big Time Video. Uh, didn't make it. Didn't make it up to the. Didn't top make it. There. Didn't make it yeah, to the. No. You didn't. You didn't grab it from the shelf there. No. Yeah. I think I remember. I think I remember seeing cover art of it and thinking like, this is not a movie I would enjoy. Yeah. So I remember it coming out, and I was a. We've had this discussion before. Like I was much more into Disney movies than you were. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I was aware of it coming out, and it held no sway with me whatsoever. Like I was. I will say that my and and, and I admit at the time I had a big crush on sarah jessica parker oh wow okay so because of i think she was in honeymoon in vegas the year before i think that's what it was i think that was like her breakout role she was also in girls just want to have fun okay uh, with helen hunt but i wasn't i wasn't aware of her at that point all right right. i'm not gonna go through sarah jessica parker's entire imdb right now feels like you could i'm just i'm fascinated by that play right on however my interest in sarah jessica parker was counterbalanced by my absolute disdain for bet midler yeah <laughs> okay so word like just so i just wanted nothing to do yeah. with bet midler and so when this movie came out like nothing about this movie appealed to me yeah. whatsoever nothing mm-hmm. about it but like you said we weren't in the target demographic we right. weren't like a 10 or 12 we weren't a tween which is clearly this movie's intended audience right yeah. and so i was aware of it but i never saw it Somehow, from 1993 up until now, this movie has like become a cult classic. I guess so. Like people love this movie to the extent where Disney has started putting the Sanderson sisters, the three witches in this movie, into Disney parks for Halloween uh, shows and things Fantastic. like that. Fantastic. I had to assume, well, with a movie that is this popular yeah. with Disney fans, Certainly, we've got to watch it. Yeah. We've got to see what all the hullabaloo's about. I had never seen it before. What all the Hocus Pocus is yeah. about. So was your first time my watching- My first viewing of Hocus Pocus oh was two nights ago. And my first viewing was last night. Right on. Let's talk about I it. I know. You tried to get me to Disney Plus group watch it with you. Yeah. Let's talk about this. So yeah. Disney Plus released, 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 released a like a watch anywhere, like a group watch for Halloween, released is, is, is probably re-leached. okay. So they have like this new thing that they yeah. rolled out where you can watch a movie with other people. You start a movie on your account and then you can invite other people to start the movie with you. I invited you. You sure did. What was your experience of this? Um, so I got a text message that said I'd been invited, clicked on it. It opened up the Disney Plus app and it was like, these are the number of people in your viewing party. And then it just, it felt like more like it was syncing our time code. Is that what happened? Okay. Yeah. It didn't feel like I was expecting to see a little video of you in the corner or something. That's what I was hoping to see. Uh, and I didn't, I just, it just started playing the movie where you were at in the movie Yeah. and I couldn't find any way to interact with you or anything like that. That was my struggle as well as I thought that, okay, so, so the watch anywhere, you can start it on your device, but then you can also start it on your TV. So I guess you use your device to invite people into the watch party and then you can all watch it on your TV, you, you know, your collective TVs. So I assumed that by using my device that I could send I don't know, emojis or stickers or yeah, chat. that would have been just cool some... enough. Just chat and emojis would have been cool enough. That's I don't what I need thought. to see video. That, that, that would have been fine. Just a shared chat that was time sunk to the video. That would have been great. And that was not the case. Yeah. So my understanding is that Disney Plus's Watch Anywhere right now allows seven people to watch the same movie at the same time, but not interact with each other. Why in any is way. it paused? Oh, I think, I think Greg went and got popcorn. He just he got popcorn. Well, well, can, can, we can we unpause it? No, no we can't. We got to wait till watch. Greg, <laughs> yeah. we have to wait till Greg gets back. Yeah. We're not chained. It's more of a chained watching experience. If you want to ask Greg to unpause it, you have yeah. to get in your you know car. Your kids pause the movie all the time to do random stuff or yeah. you pause it because they're doing random stuff. This or is they just, just like start that. talking. Yeah. This is just like that, but times seven people. I guess in some ways we can credit the group watch as being, the most pure movie watching experience yeah. where, listen, you're all watching a movie. Don't talk. Please don't talk. Please don't talk. Just enjoy the movie. I love the idea, though, of a group watch where there is a chat and yeah. I, can, I can almost uh, I can almost watch it on my own time and put in chat. And then my my the, the chat message that I send is time. Oh, it's t- to the time movie. St- oh, that would so be cool. So you can then go watch it on your own, but see my chat 
play in time with the movie. That would be, it would be great if we could do that. If there, there was a technology to do that, because like for like the Bantha tears, like we could do a, we could do a yeah, movie. Then, yeah. Then they could go watch our comments yeah. come up in time with the movie when we put them in there. We really developed and we should develop that app. Yeah, we let's, should. Let's get on that. We'll call it Huggy Watch. Sure. Well, that's what we're going to call it. Huggy Watch. <laughs> yeah, right Anyways, on. so Hocus Pocus. So we tried to watch it together. It didn't really work yep. out, but we did watch it. Yeah. Why don't you take oh, a moment boy. to describe the plot of Hocus Pocus? Right. What, okay. what is Hocus Pocus? Okay, so you've seen Monsters Incorporated, right? Yes. Okay, right on. It's a so, great, great movie. I love Monsters Incorporated. I know so, you do. So Hocus Pocus is about- uh, Nothing like that. <laughs> a little bit. It's about three witches yep. uh, who are on a quest to stay young for a variety of reasons. And the way that they stay young is not by extracting laughs from children, nope. but by uh, having these children drink a life potion and then sucking the life out of them Yes, uh, that way. And, and they, the they, more children that they suck the life out of, the yeah. longer they live. Yeah. Yeah. I assumed the more prettier they, the, the prettier they felt that they got, but the longer they live for yeah. sure. So it, it is about their, uh, their adventures in trying to suck the life out of kids and some kids adventures in trying to prevent them from sucking out of the life out of their uh, sisters. It would be in this case. And our adventure in not having the life sucked out of us while yeah. we watch this movie. I'm trying to think of the deeper, deeper. Plot I don't here. think there's much more nuance than that. <laughs> okay. uh, and then kids. So uh, it starts out in the 1600s. You don't know that. Have <laughs> you never seen Hocus Pocus before? You don't know that you're in, a flashback uh, Princess Bridey type of thing, I guess. No, you're right. Yeah. It could be it could be uh, just a fantasy land. Yeah. Or I thought th- I was watching an Amber Crombie and Finch commercial. Did you? I'm like, oh, <laughs> he's, he's some... gorgeous hair. Yeah, no and... shoes, barely uh, barely a shirt on. Yeah. This must be an Amber Crombie and Fitch Finch. I don't know the clothing company. No, nope, turned commercial. out to be Salem, 16, yeah, Salem, 1693. Salem, Massachusetts. So it starts out in Salem, uh, and then the witches are caught. I like that my kids are like, why doesn't this take place in California? This movie's dumb. <laughs> All movies should take place in California. I'm like, agreed, but Salem Witch Trials. <laughs> uh, but there is a California influence here. Yeah. Because the main character, Max. Yeah. He's from L.A. Yeah. He just moved from L.A. Anyways, so starts out in Salem, Massachusetts. Sure does. 1693. Long time ago. Witches are caught uh, they they make some sort of hex spell yeah. that I guess makes him disappear until 1993. It's is hard that... to tell if that girl at the beginning it seems like she dies. I think she died. Yeah, I think she dies. We have a, think... de- a lot of debate about that. In the I house. think we watched a movie where the witches straight up kill a little girl within the first 15 Everybody minutes. In my house was on board with like, no, she's just sleeping. She's gonna be fine. She's gonna wake up at the end of the movie, and then we're like, I think she'd be dead. Yeah, I, mm. I don't think yes. I don't think she survived this movie. Yeah, I don't either. Then flash forward to 1993. Yep. The witch's house turned into a museum. Totally. And then- uh, In all fairness, a museum that, if it were cobwebbed out, looks like I would probably go to it. Looked like a well-stocked museum. Kind of cute. Looked a little bit like uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves kind of thing. It's cute. Yeah. So the story of the Sanderson sisters like becomes legend in Salem. And I guess they're sort of celebrated, right? They're sort of like, it's, it's- Everybody in this town knows about it. Everyone knows about it. Not enough interest to keep the museum open, but nope. everybody but knows everybody about, about it. But everybody knows about it. And then Max from L.A., L.A. Max, uh, he's he's checking out a girl that he thinks is really cute, mm-hmm. and he convinces her to go to the museum? Yeah. And so they go to the museum with his kid sister, and there's a candle there. Yeah. Uh, the and black they, flame candle. The black flame candle, mm-hmm. which brings the witches back. This guy's like, hey, I learned how to do this, do this new effect in our editing software where I can make a candle flame kind of look like hollow and black in the middle. Can you guys put that in the movie? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Well, God, like, just call it the black flame candle or anything. doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's okay. just a cool effect. It's a new setting. It's an alt-shift-option cue. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll put that in there. That's fine. All oh, right, on. Okay, cool. Is there anything else you can do? No, Any no. Others? No, no, that's literally that's it. it. All right. I well, hope you don't need to make people hover or anything like that because that technology is terrible. No, no, no. We'll just put them on janky wires. <laughs> okay, good. Um, know, I pretty much just figured out the black flame thing. That's all I'm doing this movie. Then the witches come back. Wackiness ensues. Yeah, well, they get hung for for, for putting this hex on this girl. Uh, but they escape the hanging. They, they escape the hanging by casting a spell Correct. on themselves, which means when they when the, when this black flame is lit, they come back. But there's like a, it's like a the, the spell expires in 24 hours. So they got to get a kid. Right. They got to get right. a kid. They got to get a kid. They got to kill another kid pretty quickly. Yeah. It's like after singing, it's their second. The second most important singing. thing they have to do. So step one, the most important thing is let's sing a little bit. Yeah. But then also let's kill some kids. Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. And uh, to stop them from killing the kids of Salem uh, are these 
uh, two teens and a elementary aged uh, child. Yeah. With a, they steal their, they steal the witch's magic book, uh, and then the the kids are helped out by a talking cat mm-hmm. who was uh, the brother of the the girl who was killed in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, he's the Amber Crombie and Finch model from the beginning. Yeah, he was turned into a cat named Binks and stays a cat for the duration of the movie almost. He returned to the Jedi's it at the end. He does return to the Jedi at, yeah. at the end. Uh, there's also a zombie character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Bones, yeah, uh, who is brought back by one of the witches to uh, chase after. Do, do you? Th- I don't know what Johnny Depp's doing at this year, but I imagine that conversation. Like, come on, Would we you wrote please? it for you. We I, wrote the character for you. Look, we even made him look like Edward he looks Scissorhands. exactly like you. Yes, uh, but it was not Johnny Depp. No, no. But uh, so uh, I almost said Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp follows these kids <laughs> through the entirety of the movie. First day on set, Johnny Depp's like, "Oh, I am." Out of here. <laughs> this is awful. It's not a bad movie, you guys, but we're having a little bit of fun. That's that, that's a good that was a good uh, that was a good roundabout. Uh, it's the mom from The Great Outdoors. I don't know if you like The Great Outdoors with John Candy and Dan Aykroyd. Oh, Fantastic I, movie. Yes, I, Their I, mom is the mom from that movie, so okay. that was fun. Uh, Sarah Kajessica Sarah Sa- Kajessica Sarah, Sarah Parker. <laughs> yeah, your, yep. your, your girlfriend actually plays a witch named Sarah, so that's, that's, right. that's fun when so that happens. So she knew her direction easily. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's got to be a name for that when that happens in a movie, when your character name and your real name are the same name. It's I think gotta, it's called the Tony Danza rule. <laughs> It's called a Danza. Yeah, it's called a Danza. <laughs> okay, I like that. So you want to talk about uh, things you liked, things you didn't like? Yes, let's okay. talk about well, it. Let's first of all set it up whether or not we liked the movie or didn't like the movie. Do you yes. want to do that after we talk about... No, let's talk about what whether we liked it, whether we didn't like okay, it. Okay, cool. What did you think? It was very different than I thought it would be. What did you think I it was going to be? I thought it was going to be a you know a, a like a really feature film somewhat scary kind of serious uh sort of you know Harry Potterish but in the kind of Disney world okay. type of movie i thought okay. it was going to be a little bit scary yeah. uh and so that's what i was prepared for like this is going to have a pretty like you know long plot going to be multiple plot lines yeah. that are all going to be resolved at the end there's going to be some scary halloween stuff going on uh so that's what i thought it it aired for me and again I liked the movie. I thought it was fine, okay. but it, it just aired more on what felt like a made-for-TV movie sure. for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it felt like it got confused as to whether or not it was a uh, like a staged, hokey kind of nod sort of movie or like a serious movie. Yeah, because uh, I'll tell you the reasons for that in a little bit. So I, I was just. I, I didn't feel like till halfway through, I was like, oh, they're kind of joking. This is sort of a comedy. Like a tongue-in-cheek. This yeah, is all sort of tongue-in-cheek. I'm not supposed to really care about how any of this stuff actually happens. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That was a little bit just jarring for me to realize, especially since the first part of it starts off like it's going to be serious. It's very it's very dramatic. It's very dark to, yeah. to start off with. It's yeah. not silly. It's very dark. Yeah, it's a sister, and she's, you know, and then there's nobody has shoes. And I'm like, why no does one nobody... has shoes? Why does nobody have shoes? <laughs> and I have shoes. You look like a cobbler's son. Why it's don't Massachusetts. You have shoes? It's freezing out. Yeah, get it's some October. Shoes on. Scariest thing in the movie, right, right there. Bunch of kids running around without shoes. My thought was okay, now I, again, I was aware of this movie when it came out. So yeah. I saw the trailers, and I thought this movie, when I saw the trailers, I remember thinking, I have no desire to see this movie because it looks so hokey and cheesy. Like, this looks awful. Right. But then it got this cult following and people started to love it. So I thought, okay, well, surely there must be like great things about this movie. Maybe the marketing was off. Clearly there's there's talent here, whether or not you do or don't like Bette Midler. Like there is talent. There is triple A talent in this movie. So maybe it was one of these things where the marketing was one thing. The movie was another thing. I don't think I was expecting like a far flung Harry Potter type of thing. But I was expecting a mildly serious, somewhat family family appropriate scary tale. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as Max appears on screen, so the 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 pre stuff is fine. As soon as Max appears on screen, you're like, oh, I don't know who they couldn't afford for this movie, but yeah. they got this guy instead. Yeah, they got He's this guy's fine. But I also wrote down like, there's no way he gets that girl with that bike, like those bar or that tie dye shirt. <laughs> He really likes tie-dye. Yeah, the guy likes tie-dye. He's w- when we're introduced to him, he's wearing a tie-dye shirt. He goes into his room. He has a gigantic tie-dye flag. Yeah. Like, not even a tie-dye flag. It was. It looked like a pirate's sail yeah. is what it looked like People for in a, California, a tall man, ship. They only do two things. They surf, they play the drums, and they're really into tie-dye. That's really three things. That's three things. So, they only yeah. do two things. They know. surf, play drums, and, and, and have tie-dye. Super tie-dye. This is the other thing. Uh, 
in these types of these tro- this movie is just tropeville everything in this, was so tropey it, it, it's where tropes were born and probably go to <laughs> die right. but like it's so funny to me in these movies and especially disney movies where the people are like i don't want to leave the town that i came from i, I want to go back and it's like but everything about your life in the new town is better you have a huge house <laughs> yes, exactly. you live in a castle you have your own turret your room you- <laughs> literally has a staircase that goes up to some yeah. sort of attic observatory yeah, you can get any girl you want without any effort right. you like, go to a beautiful school that's like looks like an ivy league college your town you live in a small town where nobody gets kidnapped like it's a wonderful beautiful picturesque fall autumn town with like leaves on the ground california they can't even open theme parks you live in heaven now (laughs) how good was your life in la right like really were you living in malibu were you on the malibu cliffs is that what happened so it's always funny it's such a tropey thing of like i want to go back my friends are it's like no dude your house is everything way better better. it's way better. better He hates being in Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah, he doesn't like it. But he likes a girl that he sees in Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah, her name happens to be Allison. Allison. Yeah. This. And there's some bullies that follow him up there who are also from California. Let's talk about the 90s bullies. Yeah. 90s bullies amounts to a kid in a leather jacket with long hair. Looks like maybe he plays for Hanson. Yeah. The, yep. He's recorded Mbop. He's like a stand-in for when they do soundtrack. That's right. Yeah. And then the other guy is a guy named Ice. Yeah. Who muscle. has- Apparent he's muscle. He's the muscle. Yeah. Like the weight. He's the it. mouth breather. It's always funny how bullies in those movies. It's like, are you guys, are you guys theater kids doing West Side Story? Or are you legitimately bullying me right now? I cannot tell right. the difference. Are you if acting like bullies? Are you doing your rendition, or do you really want my shoes? I don't know whether to give you my shoes or to like correct some of your little acting tropey things. Like Scott Farkas, yeah, from the Christmas Story. Yeah, that's a bully. That is a bully. You believe that's him one hundred percent. That's a good bully. He's got the eyes for it. Yes, he seems like yeah, this guy's just kind of mean. Yeah, these guys. They definitely look like they just got off of, out of tap class. If they broke into song with switch combs, I would be have been like, like yeah, right on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Totally. Which also would be on brand for this movie. I feel like. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. It's not the movie is bad. The movie's bad. It's it's very watchable. With is the, it though? Yeah, with the right spirit, it's very Halloween. It's very easy to follow. Very predictable. Would you ever pick this movie over any other Halloween movie to watch? Maybe. I don't know. It's fun. It's fine. My 10-year-old said, this is a bad movie. Oh, no. She was straight up not happy with this movie. All right. Let's talk about the best character in this whole movie, and I wonder if you know who it it is. I'm going to go with Billy Bones as the best character in this movie. Okay, Billy Bones. Yeah. Uh, We can talk about Billy Bones in a little bit. The best character in the whole movie is the Salem Bus Lines driver. No. (laughs) Why? Why is that? Oh, he's just so categorically inap- inappropriate. He's so slimy on every level. He's, every, he's given a lap is- ride to one of the witches. Uh, I wrote some taglines about the Salem bus driver. Uh, Salem bus lines. If we don't harass you, it's a miracle. <laughs> That's good. Okay. That's good. I love the Salem bus driver because it's just the weirdest scene where it's a PR. It's an HR nightmare for that entire it scene. Is, like, yes, nothing is okay in I, that scene. Again, like you said. It, it is like it is almost like they just built this movie scene by scene and they yeah. said what's appropriate for this scene okay yeah. we'll just do that yeah like we've established that these witches have come from Salem they don't understand anything about modern conveniences they're terrified by asphalt yeah and they're also terrified by cars in the next scene we'll have them singing a rock and roll song yeah they, they understand lots of stuff about the modern thing and say like, hey uh, we killed the witches in the in furnace so I guess the movie's over what's our runtime? It's like oh it's a 67 minutes so we need 20 more oh bring them back okay <laughs> Bring them back from the furnace. But how did they escape from the furnace? They just blow the they just blow the door off. But then they burn like alive. Oh yeah, yeah, they, they totally did. But now they're not dead. Well, we made you saw the green mist that we made, right? Oh yeah, they were in the green mist. Oh gosh, gotcha. they were green mist. They brought they yeah, came. Yeah, back. yeah, yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. That's uh, that's hocus pocus. Uh, it's it's uh, you don't have any taglines. I only have one. I have makes... I have I have one. Oh good, let's do. I don't one have a tagline. I don't have a tagline. Okay. I do have a observation that my oldest made. Okay, and that was. He said at one point, he goes, wow, that guy's really getting his money's worth on that Zippo lighter. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Because Max from LA has a Zippo lighter that he uses as like a torch, uh, a weapon, Mm -hmm. uh, a tool. A witch gift shop. Uh, they have a full full rack of Zippo lighters. It's not like they had one. Yeah. I mean, there there was quite a selection there. What, what, What is going on with that? Oh, Zip- did he get the Zippo from a gift shop? Yeah. The- oh, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He got it from in the gift shop. He, he, oh, I thought he, he brought that with him from L.A. I thought that made that gave him his, <laughs> yeah. his L.A. Cred. Everybody in L.A. gets it on the first strike. It's not a big deal. That's right. No, I think he got it from the gift shop. And I was just thinking, does that come with your own like Burn Your Witch kit? Or like, what were they selling? Oh, maybe. Huh, interesting. He used that Zippo over and over and over and over yeah. again. I got a couple, two taglines. Uh, a nightmare. 
on Cliche Street. It's pretty good. That's okay. The next one's not any better. Let's hear your... Oh, did you... Here's mine. The, yeah. Hocus Pocus. Nopus? <laughs> Hocus Pocus? Uh, Nopus? Hold on. Let me try another one. All right, let's hear it. Hocus Pocus. It's like everything you love about Halloween, except Halloween. Except Halloween. <laughs> I don't okay. know. It wasn't that good. Uh, my last one is uh, Hocus Pocus. There was no cutting room floor. <laughs> Hocus Pocus, the director's cut is the regular yeah, cut. That's just, that's, we just call that the movie. Yeah, all right, there you go. People love this movie. Why do you think that is? Okay, it's I not don't bad. understand. I don't understand why people love this movie. It's got Bette Midler. People kind of like her, I guess. Oh, she's intolerable in this movie. Okay, it's got singing in it. People kind of like that. But it's not a musical. Okay, if this movie was a musical, if it truly was like a musical, yeah. I think I could get behind the silliness of it all. Right, yeah. Because again, it's like you said, like, what are your expectations? Well, your expectations for this aren't that it's a spooky film. It is a musical set at Halloween. Right, right. I and can get so, behind that. And so I could get behind that. But it's like they, they didn't lean in any direction. They just, again, they just built the scene. They built the movie scene to scene. Yeah. And so at some parts, it was a gothic horror film. Mm-hmm. In other parts, it's very cheeky. Yeah, and very made-for-TV. Like yeah. uh, it's it's Brink. It's the rollerblading movie Brink uh, set during Halloween. Good sometimes, pull. and then uh, yeah, other times I don't know what's going on. Yeah, so this is like a hard pass for me. Okay, I want I I want nothing to do with this movie ever. Out of again. five, how many pumpkins do you give it? I get it. Give it zero pumpkins. Wow, he scored a zero pumpkins. Maybe a half. I'll give it a half pumpkin. <laughs> I give it a squash. All right, I'm gonna give it a three out of five. Three out of five? Yeah. Are you in love with this movie? Did you propose to this movie? <laughs> no. No. Did you take this movie on a date? I did. Three yeah. out of five pumpkins? You give this movie? Yeah. That's a C. What is a five out of five movie for it? No. No. What's a one out of five movie for you? Why can't I give it a three out of five? It's very watchable. Here's the things it's got going for it. The plot makes sense. How it's achieved, the mechanics that the plot is achieved do not make sense, and the rules do not hold true. But the idea that witches are sucking the life out of kids, and we have to stop them, and they burn at daylight, and we just kept them around. and Like, it makes sense. Okay. You, you know what's going on. Uh, yes, I, I could follow the train of the movie. It's got a lot of, like, just there's some fun hijinks in it. There's nothing fun about what they do. Literally, they're fighting with the, the witches and stuff is super boring. They don't, they don't go on any exciting... There's nothing exciting that happens. There's a whole second act of this movie. Oh my gosh. Yes. What happens when they, why do they go into that devil's house with that man and his wife? Why you are they with, in there? You mean with, with Penny Marshall and Frank Marshall? Yeah. What is going on? Why are I they in there? I have no idea. There, I have no idea. Is it just so they can get their broom stolen so that they can do the gag later where they ride modern day brooms? Yeah, I think so. That whole scene, which is like five minutes of horribleness exists so they can get their broom stolen so they can do the vacuum joke there's later. There's like a whole mistaken identity where they think the guy that's dressed up with the devil is actually the devil and so like they're hanging out with him like that. Oh, we can't cut that. That's funny. None of it's funny. <laughs> we can't cut that. Do you think that scene doesn't make any sense? It's not, There's no reason for it. That. We can't cut it. It's funny. Well, the internet apparently will side with you on this one. Yeah. Because people love this movie. They really do. Band what do you think tears. it is though? Do you really know what, I mean, do you have I don't, any, you I don't, don't you know. really just I, don't? I, I, I don't understand. Is it the goofiness? Is it the weird, like, it, it's it's so bad that it's good or so tropey that it's good? Do we, is that what's going on? People are watching it and they're like, see how, like, it just, it's really cliche and tropey and doesn't make sense and the rules change all the time and one scene we got this going. Like, it's, it's kind of a fun train wreck of a Halloween movie. I feel like the Venn diagram of theater geeks mm-hmm. and Bette Midler fans and theme park guests. Okay. I feel like that middle... Are Hocus Pocus fans. Hocus Pocus fans, yeah. yeah. Where they're like, oh, I love how hammy Bette Midler is. Yeah. And and her her performance is larger than All the witches' performances are larger than life. Yeah. Like you said, they're like a theater performance being shot on film. Yeah. And the costumes are very goofy. Maybe that's the reason why? Yeah. They're very, uh, especially Sarah Jessica Parker. Very Sarah, like Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah, Sarah Jessica. I've said her name that way my like forever. Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> <laughs> they're all very like. I get why they're in the theme park. Like, they're all very fun looking witches. They're they don't look like witches. They look like uh, you know Victorian. Like they're they're fun. They're fun looking. I yeah. understand. I understand that. Yeah. But so I'm not a big fan of Hocus Pocus. This is Aaron's favorite movie of all time. <laughs> yeah. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the Hocus Pocus board game that was put out by Ravensburger for this Halloween season. 
across the streams. How's that Ghostbusters costume going? Is it done yet? It's getting there. Okay. It's getting there. I had to reorder a patch. All right. The name patch was a little bit too small. Regulation is two inches. This was an inch, inch and three quarters. Totally get it. So I had to go for it. You probably would have gotten denied a lot of candy based on that technicality. Would've. I still got to find some boots. I'm I sorry. Is that two boots. patches? Get off. Get off my lawn. Get out of here. Wait. Wait a second. How tall Not is that patch? Ghostbuster. Is that an inch and three quarters? <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> so much with your non-regulation Ghostbusters patch. Hey, listen. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it regulation. You are. Yeah, good. That's right. I'm glad that you know what the regulation is. Welcome back. Hey, so Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Ravensburger, our friends at Ravensburger. Yeah. They uh, made a Hocus Pocus themed board game that they released for Halloween, and they were kind right enough on. to send us a, a couple of copies yeah, they for sent us to us play. Yeah, a couple of copies of that. When did they release it? Do you know? It was released. Like last Halloween, this Halloween? Oh, no, no, no. It's this year. Oh, it was released. It was released for right this on. fall. Oh, I'm so excited to review it. Yeah. So we got the chance to, to sit and play it. And uh, how would you describe the game? Um, it is sort of like a, it's a, first of all, it's a cooperative game. Cooperative You're not game. playing against each other and it's a cooperative kind of like Uno-esque yes. kind of thing. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's what, that's what I would say. It's I, a, it's a pile agree. building, pile building and matching and unifying game. Uh, not like Uno, but not unlike, Uno that you play in cooperation against the witches. Yes, I would agree completely. I would say it's like a cooperative Uno. Yeah. Um, Ravensburger, you can use that last little bit that I did. It was decent. So feel free to swipe that audio. It was the tops. Yeah. It was the cat's thanks. pajamas. Yeah. Thanks, the black man. cat's pajamas. Yeah. So the way the game works is you you are working together to defeat the Sanderson sisters. Yep. You have to survive the night. Yep. You do that by stunning one of the sisters mm-hmm. by casting a spell. You cast those spells by playing cards. Yeah. And like it's more of a potion that you're doing there against the sisters okay, a because you're, of the ingredients. You're making yeah. a potion. Sure, sure. When you make the potion. It's in the cauldron. In a cauldron. Yeah. yeah, that's right. The board is a cauldron. Yeah. You lay down the cards. Yeah. The cards can either be by color or by suit. Yeah. The suits are very different. They're very thematic based on the game. There's like uh, oil of boil. Yeah. There's a- Nude of whatever and eye of and tongue of, yeah. They're dead, ingredients. Dead they're ingredients. Toe. Yeah, they're ingredients in your spell. So the suits are ingredients. That's the right. colors are colors. Fantastic. The key to this game is that you cannot communicate with each other. Mm-hmm past asking whether or not somebody has almost like go fish yeah whether or not somebody has a specific color or suit right and that is the only information that you can share in the game yeah so based on that you have to all decide which way you are laying down cards so you're are trying you- to match all colors right. or if you're trying to match uh ingredients that's so you right got, you kind of got to decide and there's a third one where you match uh, no color rep- represent ev- uh, every color of one ingredient, and that's how you get. That's how you stun Winifred, the the Bet Midler, the witch, Bet Midler, which is a very hard thing to do in the game. Very difficult. Very difficult. You don't need to stun all of the yeah witches. You, you just can need stun to stun the same one three stun times the same if one you over want. and over again. So you can either lay all the same suit down or all the same color down. Yeah, or like you said, one of one of each. So that's it, man. You go around in circles, laying cards down, not communicating, and trying to match the same ingredient or the same color. And uh, not talking, you get to ask one question, That's and right. then uh, sometimes you lay a card down that has a cat on it, which lets you see somebody else's hand. Which Binks is the good. cat, Binks, Binks the cat, cat works with you. And sometimes you get a spell, and then the spell sort of adds adds modifiers to the game. Yeah, like a complication of some sort. And you stun the witch, start over. You got to do it, I think, four times bef- right. before you run out of ingredient cards, and you win together as a group. Yep. Uh, or you lose together as a group. What'd you think of it? Um, so first, you have to let's just talk about this real quickly. Let's talk about this. Do you like cooperation games versus competitive games? Or do you not have a preference? Uh, I love co-op games, okay. uh, but it depends on how I'm, you know, it depends on what I'm playing. But yeah. yes, as far as I do love co-op games. The ages of our children and their interest in board games lends ourselves to really enjoying a co-op experience more. So that there's not that anxiety of losing, Correct. understanding the rules. It's like my mom and dad will help me understand the rules. So we're on a team yep. together. So I really like that. I really like co-op games. Uh, I thought this one was uh, really simple to understand yes. the rules. I loved I loved the box art. The box art's amazing. It looks great. Uh, there's not a ton of pieces. I love that as a dad who is the one who has to read all the rules, yeah. set yeah. up everything. Uh, it didn't take me very long. I mean, there's two decks of cards, a couple of, a couple of tokens yep. and stuff. So it's very quick to set up, very quick to understand. Yep. Uh, I liked that. And normally, like, the game goes quick enough that you get a feel, like, by the second or third round, you're like, okay, I get what we're actually doing Yeah, you're doing in the here. rhythm. You understand. Yeah. And so I really felt for, like, a watching Nightmare Before Christmas, 
uh, while playing this game is a really good pair. Like, I want to be watching a movie because uh, you don't have to pay a ton of attention. You can't talk anyways. Yeah. Uh, maybe if you're like a hardcore co-op strategy, you've got your vocals worked out of how you are communicating well, you got, with you're people. watching the board. You're figuring yeah. out what people are laying down and yeah. what the, how they're answering questions. For, and- for me, I was I was content enough to watch the, the board develop and then yeah. kind of on my turn look. Right. Oh, that's one thing I'll say first before I say is that uh, normally those types of card games like that are very challenging for me because I am colorblind. Oh, yeah. And I was, when How I saw, was yeah, I saw that it was, the, the colors were tough and I was like, oh man, what a bummer. Like, I don't even think I'm going to be able to play this because I cannot tell the difference between yes. these colors. Uh, but they they added texture around the borders, which is such the right oh, move. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah, I was so happy Ravensburger did that. Green had bubbles on it and purple had uh, like a crackly pattern, I think. And that's the great. orangey yellow thing had like a slashy pattern on it. So they all had different patterns. Uh, and when you are colorblind, those patterns, yeah. uh, seeing them next to the same color, when somebody tells me that's uh, green and I know it's bubbles, my brain will then begin to see green right, because okay. I've been told that it's green yep. and I see the bubbles. And so that worked really well and I was very happy they did oh, that. I would great. not have been able to play without it. Yeah, that's re- that's really good to know. The purple really and blue would have thrown me and the yep. green and the orange or whatever the other color was, I don't even know, would have thrown me. So yep. I was so happy that I could play actually. I really enjoyed the game. Uh, again, like you said, my my family, I love competitive games. Mm-hmm. But when I'm playing with a family, especially with the the age spread of my kids, some of them want to play cutthroat, stabby in the back, and some yeah. of them want to be cuddled and uh, and taught how to play. So co-op games work really well for our family. And this was a really fun, this was a really fun one. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Like you said, the components I really liked. So the box is, is really cool. It looks like a spell book and... Uh, and, and the little pieces are, there's not a lot to punch out. Yeah. Uh, the cards, everything is really good quality. Uh, I like the fact that, that Banks is uh, a little wooden pawn that that sits in front of you and you can reveal your hand when Banks is in front of you. It's a great game for that reason too. Yeah. I love that we were, uh, we were pretty good at stunning Mary, which I believe is a all color something. I don't know like that, but so, you know, that's good. But then I love a game where it's like, I'm like, well, I want to stun Winifred, but it's hard. Like, it's it is, really hard right. to do that. And we never got one. We were never we were never able to actually stun her. But I like that there is that objective that if I play again, there's replayability because yeah. I've never I've never been able to achieve the Winifred stun, which is by far the hardest one. There are games where a lot of games that are family friendly, you can see opportunities where they could make it harder. Like yeah. They could skill it up somehow or give you alternate rule sets that make it more challenging. But when you do that, you lose the accessibility of a game like this. Yeah. So as much as I could see, again, the gamer part of my brain would say, well, there should be different rewards for stunning Winifred than there is for, for stunning Sarah or who's the other one? Sarah, Mary, and Sarah Winifred. Mary. Um, like there, there should be, uh, you should, maybe if you stun Winifred, you get to, you know, you get to advance the sun tracker too, something like that. Yeah. But then again, you lose the, the ease of yeah. bringing young players into a game like this. The and benefit of stunning Winifred is that when a witch is stunned, you, if you draw that witch's spell card, then you don't have to play that spell. That's and right. I believe Winifred has some hardcore ones. Like oh, okay. She, she has the discard five. Uh, once you're done with your cards, the game's over. So you don't want to discard cards that's that right. don't have the cat or that's the spell on it. And so she prevents that. And that's that's a hardcore card to, to draw. Yeah, that's a good point. I drew it twice in a row. I like I used the little token that lets me not do that spell. And you did and it. And I drew it, it again. Perfect. <laughs> I know. It was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, so I thought uh, they did a great job. All the mechanics work really well and yep. are easy to understand. The only thing that's difficult is the non-communication thing. And what question am I really supposed to be asking? It does feel enough like Go Fish that we're like, do we trade? cards like no you just get to know but like like i said if you start reading the board you can see sort of the way things are going yeah the challenge then is that you it really does become cooperative in that way because the challenge is then you all have to work toward making sure that you're achieving your goal and you're not working against each other in achieving that goal yeah i'm a solid four out of five on it I really, really, I thought it was a great co-op game, super accessible totally and very, agree. very fun to play. Totally agree. The only thing I would give it another star for is, there, is there's just some more strategic depth to it or just some kind of depth to it that I don't that I don't even know what that would be right now, but really great game. Fantastic family game. So that's it from Hocus Pocus from Ravensburger. Again, you can ch- check it out. It's available on Amazon and other retailers and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, highly recommended and... Uh, one of these days, we're going to actually have to play a game together. We should. We're we should live be, stream it. We have to be available to be close enough to each other yeah. to be able to play it together. Yeah. Well, maybe Disney will release, uh, Disney Plus Playgroup game. Never mind. 
I see what you were going for there. It didn't, it didn't work at I all. Wasn't, it, I was not ignoring you. I want to assure you of that. Great. I wasn't you were just not thinking I was funny at the same time. No, 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 no. I was... Uh, listen, don't don't look at it too, too deeply. Hey, thanks everybody for You're listening. looking at pictures of Sarah Jessica Parker over there? <laughs> I, listen, had no, I had no idea. I had no idea that you were in love with her. Listen, I'm... I, I found her... I had a crush on her when I was 17 years old. That's pretty old. You're almost an adult. Yeah, but I'm not 17 anymore. Okay. I don't have a crush. Oh, I, don't I, see, ha- I see what you're saying. Okay? Yeah. Like, it, at one point, uh, at one point, that was the case. It is no longer okay. the case. kind of have to say that, though. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm joking. You kind of have to say that, though. Can you stop eating so I can do an outro? <laughs> I don't know. I'm really hungry. You want you want some of this uh, quesadilla? Where are you gonna, when are you going to eat that? After I'm done with this. Okay. Outro me. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we love making this show and we hope you've enjoyed listening to us. This has been Cobwebs and Phantoms, also known as Bobsleds and Banthas. We release every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, listen, if we are not there, we want to be. So get a hold of us and let us know where we should put the show so we can put the show there. Please be sure. Did you just sigh during my No, outro? I was thinking about saying something, but then I decided not to say it. But now I'm going to so say it. So now it just sounded like you were just like waiting no, for the I'm show to say end. No, I'm going to say it. <laughs> this is almost done. I was just going to say, everything's changing in the podcast game, man. Uh, uh, people, are, people are starting to take it a little more seriously. You're not. You just sighed. <laughs> Audible's on it. Amazon's on it. Uh, Google just sort of canceled their whole Google Play podcasting. That whole thing's going away. So is this not, this is not relevant anymore? No, is it is. Something? I'm just saying like the... the, like, the People are starting to challenge iTunes, which is a very serious thing and a very yeah. good thing. Uh, Google has sent out to all their podcast creators notices that Google Play podcast is not going to be a thing this year. They're switching to, I think it's going to be called YouTube Music or YouTube Audio oh or something like that. And so um, this is good for us. We have a chance to be number seven on YouTube Music. Listen, podcast industry. Yeah. Let me solve the problem for you. Oh, okay. It's two simple things. One, make a social media app that actually features podcasting. Yeah. Where you can share clips with other people. Oh, yeah. You can follow shows right within the app. You can recommend shows to others, and you can rate those shows. Yeah. Which brings me to number two. Would someone else please put a rating and review system in any of their podcast platforms so that... Apple Podcasts isn't the only place where you can leave reviews yeah. and make recommendations. Is that true that like uh, nobody else has it? No. Yeah. No. Speaking of which, hey, we would love it if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And uh, if you subscribe there as well, we'd love to know what you think of the show and it really helps other people find out about the show. We want to take a few moments to thank some of our listeners who have left us those reviews. Yay. Specifically, S. Bob. Oh, hey, S. Bob. 125. He says, entertaining and informative. I can't believe the hosts have not been friends for 20 years. Oh, we've known each other for 20 years. We just have not been friends. That's also inaccurate. Yeah, that is inaccurate. We just have been friends. We, we, hate, we hated each other. Yeah, for the, fir- for the first, first 19, years, it did not go well. We hated each other. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we realized we both loved the Karate Kid. Yeah. And what do you know? Because you were a shark. I was a jet. And when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. You're a jet all the way. Yeah. From, from your, your first, first cigarette to your, to your last, last dying day. day. Yeah. We are the biggest, like, nerdy nerd. When you're a jet, if the spit hits the fan, listen, man, you got brothers around. You're a family man. Have you been in this production? Oh, yeah. Have you? You're never alone. Yeah. You're never disconnected. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're home with your own. When companies expect you're well protected. Have you really been in that production? Oh, yeah. You would be perfect for it. Oh, I was the lead, baby. Were you really? Yeah, I was. It was awesome. That is awesome. It's a great production. I love that play. Oh, it's so good. Do you know Steven? Do you know Steven Spielberg is... Uh, they're releasing a Steven Spielberg version of West Side Story this December. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's true. You can look that up on the internet. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm going to let it live in my brain. <laughs> I can't believe the hosts haven't been friends for 20 years. That is a fact. The easy banter between them really adds to the show. I'm seriously now stressing over the actual temperature of Disneyland on opening day. Should be. I think you are purposely forgetting to ask your guests to keep me tuning in for the actual answer. So far, it's working great. Smiley face, five stars. Thank you so much. It is a conspiracy, but thank you so much. (laughs) Matty Ice says, this is my new favorite Disney and Star Wars podcast. Love the energy these guys bring about two topics that I personally enjoy. They help feed my inner nerd guilty pleasures. I also live not too far away, so right it's on. nice to be able to relate. Chow chill love. Chow love. Hashtag chow love. 
Hashtag red love. Yeah. Five stars. You want one more? Yeah, I do. Stephanie Fix says, great podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much for hosting this podcast. You're I'm welcome. a former Disneyland cast member Ooh. and longtime AP holder from Anaheim. Your podcast has been a big help with getting me through my Disneyland withdrawals Aww. during the closure. Your yeah. episodes are fun and informative. It's very easy to relate to your conversations as I'm a Gen Xer and love Star Wars just as much as Disney. Yay. I still have my original action figures and most of them are in okay condition. Right You're on. doing better than Aaron Robbins. You sure are. Keep up the great work and I look forward to more great episodes. Five stars. Yeah, thank you so much for that review. Uh, I wonder what, what they meant by, uh, it was a she? Stephanie Fix? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I wonder what they mean by where they're at. Sock maybe? Who knows? Hey, uh, thanks to Ravensburger for providing us with uh, yeah, review copies of Hocus Pocus to talk about. You can visit them over at Ravensburger.com. You can visit us at bobsandbanthas.com. Email us, podcast at bobsandbanthas.com if you want to do a collaboration with us. Aaron, yeah, talk about Patreon. Uh, we have a Patreon account you can get to at patreon.com slash bobsledsandbanthas. And we put a lot of fun content on there, uh, behind the scenes uh, stuff from every episode, uh, vlog, video vlogs, and then bonus audio content. Uh, stuff Scott and I talk about during the episode, but then I cut out because it is, it's just too funny. It's, it's so enjoyable. It's its too funny to be on the regular show, so it, you got to get the Patreon. It's to like a micro-podcast. Yeah. It's like a micro-podcast for you on generally one or two specific subjects. Yeah. That don't fit neatly into this. Oh, this, this. one's going to have a lot. Oh, it's going to have a lot. <laughs> Go over to patreon.com slash bobsledsandbanthas. Uh, sign up for that Bantha tier level. That, that's the one you want. You're going to get the behind-the-scenes vlog videos and all the bonus audio and whatever else fun stuff we decide to do there. Chuck in a couple of bucks if you choose to. If not, that's okay. You can always follow up with us on Instagram. We're at bobsledsandbanthas. And until next week, he has been Aaron. <laughs> I have been Scott. <laughs> and we've been Bob Sleds and Banthas. We'll see you next week. Cob Sleds and Phantoms. Cobwebs and Phantoms. Thank you. I always say we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's appropriate. Mm. We'll, we'll see them in their heart. We'll talk to you next week. We don't talk to them either, though. So say see them. I'm the cookie monster. Can't you see? I got the snickerdoodle. All for ye. All for ye. All for ye. Oh, my sister. She's not in her bed. She normally sleeps right next to me. Where are my shoes? Oh, forget them. The witches took them. Where's the older boy? Oh, will he be in the movie anymore? Nope. Nope. Oh, did you? But you introduced two older boys. Yes. (laughs) Only one of them is important. Oh, is he like an ancestor to like one of the? No, he's not. No. He just showed up for the Amber Crombie Finch shoot and whatever. Did you just kill a little girl? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we totally did. (laughs) Yeah, but it's fine. We sucked her soul out. Oh, it's fine. She barely felt it. I mean, we threw a blanket over her. Remember when that part where she slumped forward and her feet are still kind of moving a little bit? Yeah. That is actually in the movie. Like, she's still shaking a little bit, and you're like, is she dead or what? They just throw a blanket over her lifeless corpse, (laughs) and then it's like played for laughs. Just all played for laughs. It's not funny. It's not funny. You know what we should do? Turn it into a museum. That's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, a little girl got killed here a long time ago, but we could probably make some money. We should definitely make this a historical marker to where children de- child deaths occur. Yeah, we'll take field trips here. It'd be great. Kids, like, school kids will love seeing yeah, this. Really we'll do. talk all about the Salem witch trials. We'll talk about how there are three real witches that yeah. we burned. <laughs> like, that we legit, right this here. is their house. Yeah. It's like a... F- are you going to go to the little witch museum? Like, no, I'm going to go on a date tonight. I'm not going... You go to the museum. Oh, no, no, it's really cool. It's like all full of cobwebs. Oh, no it's one's cool, there. man. I got, a, I got a girlfriend. We're going to go do some other stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, you should come with me. It would be awesome. We'll double date to the Witch Museum. <laughs> yeah. No, we're good. They got a whole rack of Zippo lighters. Right. And postcards. <laughs> they do, yeah. Right on. Focus, focus. Three stars. Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every day. This Saturday night. Now there are more new rides for more fun. Synthomagnetic musical sound. Through the magic of light and sound. Yes, there's more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. Open every day, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done.